Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. Today, I'm speaking to you from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey, eager to have a sure to open your heart conversation with author Roseanne Norris, who will be speaking to us from Binghamton, New York, about her book titled Believe, A Journey of Loss, Healing, and Hope, the touching personal narrative that shares Roseanne's spiritual journey after the transition of her 30-year-old son, Lee, and his dog, Buddy. Believe has been ranked number one in the United States and also internationally in several categories. Roseanne lovingly calls her five children and six grandchildren her best accomplishments in life. She has a bachelor's in English from Binghamton University, where she spent her career working at the university's Performing Arts Center and is now a Reiki healer, an affiliate leader for the organization Helping Parents Heal, and a caring listener for helping parents heal. I'm looking forward to talking with Roseanne about her book, Believe, and so much more. But first, we need to take a quick minute to show some love to our sponsors. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. Hi, Roseanne, a warm heartfelt welcome to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Hi, Irene, it's so good to be with you today. Thank you. We're going to have a lot of fun. Your, your book is wonderful, and I'm looking forward to talking with you about it. Thank Let's you. Let's begin our interview with this question. Lee was your inspiration for writing your book, Believe. And by the way, everybody, it's spelled B-E-L-E-E-V-E in honor <laughs> of her son, Lee. Please tell us about Lee and his passing, as well as the passing of his dog, Buddy. Well, Lee was, um, he was my middle child the one, uh, middle of five, and he was, uh, he was different than my other children. He was very sensitive, um, he, he very caring and sensitive, but, um, you know, had a normal upbringing. Uh, he was the largest of my children, uh, <laughs> weighing in at 11.3 when he was born. So wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, he was definitely different <laughs> in many ways. Um, but uh, so um, talking about, well, his, his passing um, on see, January 9th, uh, we got a message that he hadn't been to work for a couple of days. And so my husband and I rushed there and found him on his couch. Uh, little did we know, I mean, it was an accidental carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh my God. Um, and, but oddly enough, his little dog, it was a tiny little, I call it neurotic dog, was still alive, barely, but he was still alive. And we, uh, and we know that Lee was probably there for a couple of days. And we believe that Buddy watched 
over Lee until we found him and then he too succumbed to carbon monoxide. So, wow. wow. Didn't you have a premonition before Lee was born? I, I did. Um, I was in the shower. It was about a week before he was born. And I just, I started crying and I, I thought, I don't want to do this. And it, it wasn't like I, I had birth babies before him. All my kids were nine, 10 pounders. So it wasn't, I don't know where it was coming from. And when he was born and he was 11, three, I thought, oh, well, that was it. You know, I, I, I must've just knew, I knew he was going to be big. So, but I put so I put it out of my mind. And it wasn't until he passed that it circled back around in my mind. And I went, oh. So as soon as you knew that you were going to, he was. Yeah, my soul. Long. Yes, yes. Didn't he, wasn't he this amazingly kind person? Tell us about the story from high school. Well, yeah, the, the one that I wrote about in the book, like I, I remember he, he, he was working um, at an arena at a concession stand and he learned that his coworker had been working all day in, in the restaurant business. And then he left his full-time job to come to make even more money. And, and I, they were collecting tips and he heard about, you know, his family that he, they were struggling and here's this kid in high school and he, just he would give him his tips and he, and he came home and he said mom I just can't believe somebody you know he's working 12 15 80 18 hour days to take care of his family so it, it really made an impression on him and he gave his tips to this guy he gave, yeah how generous and how kind yeah. were, were you open to the concept of mediums before Lee passed and how did he through a medium start you on your journey to write your book well you know, I had been to a few um, like house parties and I looked at it as the medium says, you know, entertainment, but you know, things were said that you were like, hmm, hmm. wow, oh, <laughs> so, you know, but I, I just left it mostly as entertainment. Um, but nothing really specifically ever came through for you in those, you were just watching kind of. Yeah, well, some messages from like my parents or, or things like that. And I thought, well, that is interesting. That does seem to fit. And, but I, I just let it go. It, it, um, but, um, you know, when, when Lee passed and I, I, I have seen a lot of mediums, but I was told by one in particular that I was going to write the book. And, um, this was maybe, it was not even a year. It was about 10, nine, 10 months after he passed and, and she said the book will be called Believe or Belief or Beyond Belief or something like that. And he wants it by his first anniversary, which was- My goodness, he gave you a deadline. <laughs> only a couple months away. And I thought, well, no, that's, that's just not- <laughs> But I was just too, too deep in grief at that time to really start it. So. So why did you, how did you, and why did you write your book in the form of a journal? Because that must've started at that time. You got the message to write the book, right? It, it actually didn't start as a journal. Um, I did, I wasn't, I did write 12 journals in the first two years after he passed, but um, I didn't start writing the book as a journal, but then 
it suddenly came to me, I got the message to write it as I wrote it. So I went back, I discarded what I wrote and, and I, with the intention that people that are early in grief can really see the emotions, the day-to-day, -day, the moment-to-moment, -moment, you know, emotions. I think you give people through your book, I really think you give people permission to have their feelings and grieve. I really love the way you, you process and, 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 and how authentic and honest you are with what you're going through uh, with each of those grieving days and, and, the, and, and you know, and, and how you were also reaching for healing during that time. I mean, it comes out very clearly. You know, I, I mean, it, it was wonderful. Um, you've got a heartwarming, inspiring story about your dog Fritz and the ways he's connected to and a gift from Lee? Yes. Um, well, it was interesting because my, my husband uh, was off one day and, and I was in my room meditating and, and I saw a little tiny schnauzer popped into my awareness. And I never had one, knew one, nothing. And I thought, and I went out to him, uh, my husband, and I said, we're having coffee. And I said, the oddest thing happened. And when I told him about the schnauzer, he goes, well, the day before he admitted that he was looking at dogs, uh, you know, some dogs, because he was thinking about surprising me for my birthday, which wasn't, you know, until a few months later. And so I started, um, you know, I just started, well, I was curious. We, were, we really weren't serious about a, getting a dog, but I started researching local um, uh, places to get dogs and, and I found this uh, breeder and I was drawn repeatedly to one little face. Um, and after about the third time of looking at this little face, I realized he was available on the very day Lee passed. Oh my gosh. Well, wow, so, getting a chill, wow. <laughs> So I know that Lee brought him to us and he's been just a delight in our lives. Oh, that, that's adorable. And now you have an amazing story about a Brazilian researcher named Sonia Rinaldi that I know is going to raise every eyebrow listening and watching this podcast. So please tell us about your connection to Sonia and the documentary you participated in about Sonia's life's work. Well, in, uh, it was in February 2019, I went to my very first conference, uh, We Don't Die conference in Boston. And they had this Sonia Rinaldi, this Brazilian researcher who has been working for 30, 40 years and bringing through images. And I think now she's working on voice or maybe vice versa, but um, I, I mean, it's her thing about getting proof of survival and she does it in a scientific way? Yes, yes. And I couldn't begin to tell you her process because um, she uses different, you know, smoke, this, that. I, you'd have to research it yourself. But um, I sat in her presentation and I thought, hmm, I, it just kind of felt too sci-fi-ish or too out there for me. I thought, But then I thought, wait, you're at this conference to learn. So sit here and have an open mind, which I did. So, uh, and I actually met her briefly, never told her about Lee. We just had a little conversation because my sister-in-law's from Brazil and I mentioned that. 
although we had been to Brazil a number of times for, for work, but I never even told her about that. So um, it was probably a month later, uh, a friend of mine said that her son was in the color, son because of e-magazine. So her son was in this e-magazine, uh, which she sent me a link and I, she, she, I looked at it. I knew a couple of people whose kids were in this. So what is the magazine to pick? Um, it's just she, she publishes, in other words, she publishes the images that she gets from. Oh, wow. So she actually gets images of deceased people and she publishes them? Yeah, she publishes them. Um, and so I was looking at that, not knowing that, my, that Lee was in there at that time. Wow. Um, it, it wasn't until maybe a, a, a few weeks after that that I was... Uh, somebody said, look at the unknown. There's the, She publishes all these unknowns that come through. And so she said, they said to look at these unknowns. And so I went back to this link and I, I scrolled through and the very first unknown, it just took me my breath away. It was like a punch in the gut. I knew it was late. I just, wow. Went, and so I, he looked about 12, 11 or 12 years old. And I, I thought, but I know this is Lee. So I, I posted on Sonia's website. I said, I believe this is my son. And I sent a picture of him at 11 or 12 years old. And at that point, her assistant, Lisa Lanuski, reached out to me. And, and so she said, Sonia will take a look at, at the, at the photo and that what she did. And she said, yes, I believe this is your son, but who is the dog? My God. And I went, I went oh back and I looked and there was Buddy also in the image, which I hadn't seen before, but he clearly was there. And what is even more interesting, Lisa and I became good friends and we have since met, but she, her daughter, Amber and Lee share a birthday on September 7th. <laughs> Just no coincidences. Oh, no, no. It's all connected. That's amazing. The, the, the fact that Buddy was in that picture with him is such an amazing, you could say you were wishing for something, but that is such a validation that, that this yes. is real. Yes. Wow. Yes. And well, you asked about the documentary. Um, there is a documentary being made of her life's work. And I was fortunate enough, uh, it was last January, or yeah, this past January, 2020, I was interviewed for that documentary, which is on hold because of COVID. The filmmaker can't make it to Brazil to do her, you know, interview Sonia. But there's, um, there's probably, I don't know, five or six parents that are, have been interviewed. That. When that comes out, will you let us know? We will let our grief and rebirth. Oh, absolutely. Audience know all about it. That's that'd be wonderful. I, will. I, will. I know you've also gotten some special signs from Lee, including Hawks and the number 34. What is what is all that about, Roseanne? Well, 34 was uh his football number when he was a young boy. And it was my other son that first noticed, he started getting the 34s and just popped up. And, and now the whole family does. I, I'll look at the clock 
you know, off and on during the day and it's on, you know, 734, 1134. So um, over and over the 34s, you know, turn and you see a mailbox and there's a 34. Uh, so, and, and the Hawks just kind of evolved, I think from, you know, we started to, you know, got the dimes and the butterflies and just different things. And then all of a sudden I started noticing Hawks and I thought, hmm, is this something, including one that chased a bird underneath my patio, right where I was sitting. It was feet away from me. happened <laughs> 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 very often. But um, I've also been told now by, by probably three or four different mediums that, uh, that he sends unusual birds or he sends, uh, or sends hawks. One did say he sends hawks or large birds. So. Well, he's definitely getting your attention, isn't he? Yeah. He's not understated at all. <laughs> <laughs> you chose to honor Lee by choosing to heal. What led to this choice, Roseanne? What modalities have you used to heal? And please share the many riches that have opened up in your life as a result of your choice to heal. And I commend you for that. Thank you. Um, well, early on, I, I just knew somehow that I was going to do something. I, I was, you know, you're in a the dark pit of grief and I knew that I had to go through that. And I, I just knew that I had to, two choices. I could stay there. I could stay there and be miserable my rest of my life, or I could just do whatever I needed to do to, to heal the best I could to honor him. So um, what modalities did you use? Is there anything special you'd like to tell our, our audience about that really worked for you? For me, is definitely was journaling, getting all that ugly pain out on the page. Um, journaling and meditation worked for me. Um, yeah, I just, you know, at first I, I didn't think I was meditating. I would just sit and stare outside, just stare for a long time. And then I realized, wait, that is meditation. That's what it is. I was quiet. I wasn't thinking I, uh, but it has evolved. Um, you know, I don't, I try to meditate every day, but I think those are the two biggest ones for me. Um, and I know a lot of riches have opened up in your life as a result of your choice to heal. Would you like to share any? Um, I know you've had tremendous you know, benefits as your life has changed because you've healed so much. Well, yeah, definitely. Too, right? And you've learned a lot of important lessons. Definitely have learned a lot of lessons. I, I've just learned so much about the afterlife or the hereafter, I, I think is a better term almost. Um, I, I, you know, learned that helping others. I mean, it led me to become part of helping parents heal. Um, you know, just, just the blessings I've had to, to the people I've gotten to know and the teachers like yourself and others that have just brought me into this new awareness and, and, provided so much hope. I mean, for me personally, I can really say um, becoming more um, involved in this world and community, just like with you, uh, it, it enriches your life. You're meeting these most wonderful people who have been yeah. through so much and they're, and they're, they're courageous, fabulous people. It's, it's yeah. 
it's a wonderful world. And talking about wonderful, you had an amazing quilt made. I did. I in did. honor of late. Tell, I mean, I think that our, our audience will, would love to hear this story. Tell, tell us about that quilt. Well, I was approached by, I mean, somebody I didn't even know offered to, you know, just a chain mutual friends. Um, she wanted to make this quilt. Lee had over a hundred t-shirts and I thought, who has that many? And he had, a, you know, a lot of clothes that we did donate, but t-shirts just seemed too personal. So it took me a while, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I couldn't let go of them at first, but yes, uh, we had a qu queen size quilt made and I think, and four lap quilts. Out of his t-shirts. Out of his t-shirts. You brought them to this person and this person quilted all yes. together. Well, yes, but I, I had a part, I have a new appreciation for quilters because I had to do some work too. And I, uh, it's quite a process. It's just amazing. And um, I, the quilt's right over near me on the bed right here. I could imagine it gives you a lot of comfort. It's like yeah. you go to sleep and Leah's right there. Yeah, and the the fabric on the back side is quite amazing too. Um, I had gone with the quilter into a quilt shop and to pick out the backing, and I immediately knew to turn left. And when I did, I I looked down and there was fabric of the stars. Oh wow! And Lee. Lee and I used to lay out in the backyard and, and look at the stars when he was little. None of my other kids were patient enough, but we, and he was all about that. He had a telescope and he loved, you know, space. And anytime there was any space things going on, we would text each other. So for him to lead me right to that backing with the stars. And I, I think I said in the book that I promise, you know, every night I'll sleep under the stars. Yeah, I think I, was, I thought that was, I was, that was such a touching story. I, I thought it was wonderful. And um, at what stage in your grieving process did you find your way to helping parents heal? And could you tell everyone about the organization and what you do for them as an affiliate leader? And what is a shining light parent? Well, I was led, I had a grief counselor. And he was wonderful. Like and a traditional grief counselor? Yes, well, yes. Although he was very open to spirituality and he was a former minister. And he actually gave me George Anderson's book to read, one of his books early on, but he passed at my four month mark. Mm. I knew in my heart, I knew I wasn't gonna have him for long. Something told me and, but you know, it was at, pretty critical time um, of my journey. And, but as, and I tried his grief groups. He, he did have a grief group, which was not for me. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so I started searching on Facebook. I said, there has to be something on Facebook. And I tried a couple groups that I kept going, ew, no, no, no. And I say something led me to helping parents heal, but I darn know, you know, I know it was Lee. It was Lee. <laughs> I know it was Lee. And um, it wasn't, it became a, a, an affiliate leader in 2019. I, I had a, I, in my home at first, I had about six or seven of us that would meet 
I was taking baby steps and I was looking for a place to, to have meetings. And then it was uh, uh, November of 2019 when I finally, I announced it publicly and 23 people walked through the door. 23 people who had lost? Oh yeah, we, yeah. That's amazing. I was, I was a little stunned, um, but we only had a couple of meetings, a few meetings before COVID locked us down. So of course, right now, no face-to-face. -face. Um, I probably have 70, 75 parents in my Facebook group. Wow. Um, so, and yeah, so I forgot the rest of your question. No, the, the, I know Shining Light Parent is some, oh. because all of the difference between helping parents heal and other organizations is they encourage the parents to communicate with their children on the other side, right? Yes, yes, yes. They're very open to it. And I, they, we become shining light parents by healing ourselves. Our kids are shining, they're shining through us. They're the shining lights. And we help, you know, they help us to heal by this. And you all know that they're all still around and they're all still with you and they're witnessing your journeys. Absolutely. Wow, what a comfort that is. Um, and tell us, since you're a Reiki healer and a caring listener for helping parents heal, tell us what those two roles are about. Because I'm sure people in our audience have not a Reiki healer. What is that? You know, so well, I'm a little newbie on the Reiki. Um, I had just taken the cup, a couple. I hadn't gotten to the master before, again, COVID put a lockdown on that. But um, so I was learning, you know, I had had some energy healing work done on me and so decided that you know let me try this and and I actually right now I I do do distance um I have a list and every day I I send out Reiki you know energy healing to to people and I, I've done it on myself I I do it on myself sometimes that's wonderful and as a caring listener for helping parents heal I can't imagine people call you that have just lost children or, or all these things and you're listening to them cry and yeah I I just took on that role and I've had but I I've only had a couple calls but I had one recently from a woman in New York City that um, somehow her mother she found my name on the internet and she found helping parents heal and uh, so this the woman did call me and she so we we've been talking and yeah yeah they can there's several I think there's 20 some caring listeners uh, involved in helping parents heal that speak all kinds of languages I'm, oh my I'm goodness. and so, you and they can come back and talk with you many times if sure. they need to sure sure and and they can find someone if you're not the right person for them say if if, if they've taken the um them their own lives, I might not be the right listener for them, somebody who can really understand or, you know, somebody with illness. So you can find, you know, it's it, if I'm not the right person. So you direct them to other resources or other people and all that. Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. So you say in your book that becoming soul-centered helps a person to heal. So could you explain that to us? And you also believe that Lee made the ultimate sacrifice for your soul to progress. So could you speak to that? Yeah, uh, yeah um, to become soul-centered. I mean, I, I just, 
I just knew that I had to go within and, and, and that's where I found God and connection and oneness that I, I knew loosely as I was taught in, you know, my Catholic upbringing that that was there, but I didn't understand it. I didn't, but I, I got it once I, you know, this, and yeah, I, I feel, I feel Lee had a, a true, I, I feel he took an exit point. Um, he, he, maybe this wasn't an exact plan thing, but sometimes I have been actually grateful that he took an easy exit. If, if something worse is coming down the pipe for him, you know, that's, I, I try to put this positive spin on it. I feel the same way about my husband. I really, I, I feel that that was an exit point also. It's, uh, yeah. And then once you've grown and you've healed, it changes the, um, the way you're looking at it, right? The, the way you're processing yeah. it very much Absolutely. so. How is gratitude the best remedy for grief? And what are some of the things you've been so grateful for? Oh, wow. Gr gratitude is just, brings you joy. I mean, it, it, it just, I, I'm just so, I'm grateful now for everything, small, the smallest things, um, you know, grateful that I'm sitting here talking to you. You know, I, I just try to make it a practice. I try to, when I'm going to bed or wake up, I try to think of a, a few things that I could be grateful for today. And, and I'm just, yeah. It changes, it changes the way you um, process everything. I feel very grateful too. I mean, a lot of people, I think, prefer to stay unhappy, but when you turn it to gratitude, it, yeah. change, it changes it. How, now, listen, all of our listeners, all of our audience want to read your book now. So how do they connect with you and find your book, Believe? My book is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble online. Uh, I mean, they certainly can connect with me on Facebook. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. You want to give them your Facebook? Um, I have a Facebook page for Believe. So oh, good. I think if they just type in believe um uh, but b-e-l-e-e -E -E. yes 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 okay that's great and um how what do you think about finding joy in life Roseanne? just i think just be grateful and look around look around and just see the beauty i i've never I've never experienced so much beauty in my life. I, I look at the, the trees and the grass. I, I mean, I just notice everything. And try it's to amazing. I think you experience, you, you're, you probably feel more joy now than before yeah. we passed, right? Yeah. It changes your priorities, changes the way you see Def everything. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, everyone listen. Roseanne, Roseanne's book, Believe, a journey of loss, healing, and hope is going to bring you comfort and also be a guide for others who are grieving and on their own healing journeys. It is a true blessing. Thank you, Roseanne, for writing such an honest, heartfelt, and helpful book. And thank you from my heart for this very moving interview. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us 
and like us. We know you do. On social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And as I like to say, to be continued, many blessings. And bye for now. Mm -hmm.